Hollow Cult, we all know that the internet is not a safe place, especially when you're in our line of work. We're constantly looking up nefarious conspiracies, putting out FOIA requests, looking into dropped FBI files. That's why we here in the Hollow Layer trust our ISP to express VPN. I know most of you are probably thinking, why don't you just use incognito mode? Well, let me tell you something. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history. Your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. That's why even when we're at home, we never go online without using ExpressVPN. That's right. We don't need any more of our information floating around out there. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't be seen with any of the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all your information secure by encrypting it 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption out there. ExpressVPN is also available on all of your devices, phones, computers, tablets, even your smart TVs. So there's no excuse as to why you should not be using something like this when it comes to protecting yourself and protecting your data. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Mashable. Visit our exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash hollow one, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash H-O-L-O-1, expressvpn.com slash hollow one to learn more. Guy podcast. We are your hosts, Stephen and Kyle. And again, we are recording remotely via Skype because of the virus and just being precautionary. Yeah, better safe than sorry. Yes, I would agree. Because nobody wants the corona. No. So, for all you that think it might be a hoax, it's not. No, it's here. It's definitely here. It sucks. It's affecting everyone. Yeah, it's weird because, like, prior to all this, it almost did feel fake because it really wasn't, like, smacking off in our area, you know? It's like you you got all these reports, and you knew it was bad out there, but 
it still it, it had like that surreal feeling, you know. And now it's officially in our county. It's in our jobs. Like it's here, and it's kind of fucking scary. Yeah, now you you don't have a choice but to be careful now. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It's almost like we were in this little bubble here at home in Jersey County or wherever you want to call it, and you could just feel it closing in, but we're still safe, still safe, and all of a sudden it's like, here you are, yeah. you're in the shit. Yeah, and then just it seemed like right, right away there's just multiple cases or <coughs> uh, theorized cases anyways. It's not 100% certain yet but hell the one place that i didn't think would get it got it which was calhoun county yeah you think they you know they're they all some keep of the most, themselves yeah that's so isolated over there yeah no they got their first case today it's wild well, confirmed case any i should say hope everybody's staying safe hell yeah do, do your best to just stay healthy Yep, and you know if if you know anybody out there that has it, just just think of them and hope and pray they get better, that they yep. pull through it, you know. And I think it is kind of noteworthy too that for some of you people that are uh, sitting at home not doing anything, if you feel motivated to to help, like your your uh, local hospitals. And stuff like that. I know there's not a lot of material out there to buy as far as uh, like gloves and masks and shit. But I, Steve, I think Sarah was doing it where you could sew sew up masks and donate them yeah. to the hospitals and stuff. So yeah, my mom's hospital are... put out an actual like what's the word I'm looking for a diagram of how to sew the masks to donate. So just to try to be. <laughs> Try to be vigilant, I guess, and stay yeah. ahead of the spread. But and like you said, if you can donate to your hospitals and help them out, you know, because we got to keep them safe to keep, in turn keep us safe. Yep. So, and I know that by the time this gets out, hopefully the fucking shit's over with, but I think we all know better than that. Um, yeah. Hopefully, it's going to get bad. Yeah, hopefully everything ends on a positive note and we get through this safely um yeah it's just unfortunate man it really is for sure um i just thought i'd bring that up that if you notice a difference in the recording that we're doing it remotely via skype so bear with us until all this hopefully blows over as soon as possible yeah for sure that being said, check us out on all our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Search up the Hollow Sky Podcast, and we are there. Come on over, join all the pages, talk with us, share memes, let us know what you're doing through all the um, shelter-in-place. Uh, share mysteries with us, scary stories, anything you got. We'd love to hear it. Speaking of which, Kyle's going to tell you how to do that. <laughs> yeah, you can call us at one eight seven seven eight zero zero hollow you can uh, write us an email, shoot it over to the email, which is going to be hollowskypodcast at gmail.com. You can record your story on your smartphone with your uh, voice memo app and email that to us. Just any way you want to get a hold of us, do it. We're here. We're, 
we're waiting for some awesome stories and we've got a couple of awesome ones that we're going to end up sharing with you guys. So we're excited about that. Yeah. And if you check us out on uh, Apple iTunes podcast listening, hop on over there, leave us a rating and review. If you leave us a five-star rating and a review, we'll gladly shout you out. Today's five-star rating and review is brought to us by Golden Valkyrie. They say, great show. I listen to a ton of paranormal podcasts. This one is by far the best. They don't censor themselves, so I feel like I can relate to them. They cite their sources, and appreciate, and I appreciate the content. Keep up the good work. You have a forever listener with me. Signed, Stacey Ozario from Naked and Afraid XL Season 2. Hell which yeah. Is so fucking crazy to me. It is crazy. It's. I was thinking about it the other day when we got this in a couple weeks ago or whatever, that somebody that had spent time on television entertaining us yeah per se is now on the flip side being entertained by us via podcast like that's that's so wild to me if you have any dope stories you should probably hit us up so we can talk about them yeah no shit send us some of your if you had any weird occurrences or anything on the show, off the show, in your life, whatever. Definitely hit us up. Uh, another thing real quick before I forget. Me and Steve are kind of always brainstorming for a way to get you guys involved in stuff. Um, but like recently, we were dropped an episode called uh, The Job on Butterfly People. And I had a buddy from work pitch out a theory on that, which I will read. If I can find it real fast. Oh, yeah. You did send that to me. Good yeah, call. Um, he says, butterfly people, not angels, but a hive of alien people who possibly reside in the area, normally using cloaking device to hide their true appearance to us. Since the adults saw semi-normal or even invisible at times, but maybe to help accustom the youth, they showed themselves as what they are to be more open to them in the future. So it's kind of a kind of a little awesome theory that he kind of, that he dropped on us, and it's a fun spin on the topic. It makes it it makes it a crazier topic if that is true, which I believe it could very well be a possibility. Uh, but it kind of brings me to my point that if you guys listen to one of our episodes and you have a cool twist on that or you have something that catches our eye like in, in the Facebook or Instagram or email or whatever. Like we want you guys to start doing that and we'll, we'll bring it up on the show and talk about it a little bit because what my buddy was talking, you know, the theory he proposed, I don't know, for me that made it, that made it one of them like real fun X-File type situations yeah him bringing it up kind of changed the whole dynamic you know what i mean for sure yeah because you know here we are attributing it to guardian angels which is still a plausibility oh yeah but he took it a whole different route one that we didn't even see and just made it that much more fun for me and you wonder if it is if it is hive aliens why they're protecting humans because they're dope. Well, yeah. Maybe they could stop the the Rona. 
Yeah, because like he's saying that maybe maybe these creatures are here all the time. It's just we as adults perceive them as normal people. Oh, that's weird. It's almost like something that Steve said about alternate beings. Kind of. How we just perceive them as stuff that we're used to. Right, yeah. It's fucking weird. <laughs> but also, I just want to—I just want to bring that up before I forgot because I keep trying to remind myself and I keep slipping it out of my brain. I was also thinking as we were sitting here skyping one another, if we have any listeners that would rather do a face-to-face interview-esque type thing, me and you could easily sit here and get on Skype with them and record an episode that way. If Absolutely. we've got anybody with a dope-ass, gnarly-ass story that they want to share Absolutely. and make an episode out of it, we could easily Skype you guys. Yeah, and that kind of, it it's no different than, uh, like I brought up before, it doesn't have to be an hour-long interview. It could literally be 10 minutes of your story, yeah, and then we all sit there. Yeah, a couple questions. Yeah, we'll sit there and chop it up, and you know that way we have real-time feedback that the listeners can hear, which would be cool, I think. Yeah, different dynamic to the show and kind of switch yeah, it up a little bit. For sure, absolutely. So I don't well, know, that, you guys roll that around. Yeah, think on it. Let us know. Hit us up. With that being said, um, our listener submission of the day, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I posted some pictures to the socials the other day. My oldest son, who he lives in Texas with his mom, and I live in Illinois. Well, he messaged me that he'd seen some weird lights in the sky and sent me a picture of it. And it was bizarre, to say the least. It was, not, I think, nine lights, and they're almost like a perfect parabola that him and his buddy saw while they were fishing. It was him and three other guys out at Lake Rockwall, and I'm not sure my Texas geography, but Lake Rockwall in Texas. They were out as about 9.30, before you guys accuse us all of being horrible parents during the shelter in place. It's very easy to be fishing with four people and be not be within six feet of one another. Just throwing that out there. Because I posted the pictures on Reddit and people just ate me alive about being a bad parent and all this shit. So. Regardless, I did post the pictures. You ought to check them out. He said he saw it for, it wasn't very long, just long enough for them to take a couple pictures, and then it just took off. And it's it's almost like a boomerang shape. Like I said, it's almost a perfect parabola of nine lights. The weird thing is, is that he said whenever they saw it, they all became, they all felt super tired for some reason. Like they were all just exhausted in that small area, that small little tincture of time where they witnessed it they just said they just felt like they wanted to go to sleep but as soon as it got out of their view they were fine again so i was like man that's kind of bizarre it is kind of bizarre it makes me want to think that it's like a a defense mechanism for that whatever is in the air yeah like Like, try to try to forget it to not remember it like get tired go to whether it's go to sleep or just not pay attention to it I guess like a defense mechanism. Yeah. If you check, if you follow us on Facebook or Twitter, I posted the pictures uh, a couple days ago. So hop on there and check them out. I might post them up again when this episode drops. Yeah, Speaking I posted, of this episode, them. I posted them on Instagram as well. Oh, cool. 
Did you ever submit them to MUFON? No. People told me no. I should, though. Yeah. I haven't yet. So I remember you saying that people kind of went crazy over it. Yeah. Had, someone was pointing out that it had, like, a lens flare, which I guess means whatever the object was that they took the picture of was actually an object in the sky that it was reflecting, like... I guess the light from the camera picture was actually reflecting off of the object. Right. I don't Something. know how that shit know. works. Me either. I All I know is that it's a dope picture. It's weird. It's fucking definitely weird, man. Which reminds me, if you have any more UFO pictures, send them in. Hell We're yeah. going to get them on the board. Absolutely. Um, with that little nugget said, I am going to bring a weird story that I've followed ever since I was younger. And I just thought that I have any answers. I don't know if it's fucking true. I don't know if this guy exists. I don't know if the hole exists. But we're going to dive down it. Not physically. Well, not literally. One second there. Before we get too far ahead. Back to your son's UFO. Weren't there actually sister sightings as well? To kind of give credence to the yeah, average sighting. Yeah, there were also other sightings close by in yeah. the same time period. I don't know if it was exactly the same. I didn't see very, any photos of it, but there were reports of lights in the sky all across Texas that same weekend. So I, I just wanted to bring that up. So that way it's not a, uh isolated event. Like there, It kind of gives credence that other people started seeing this shit too throughout the weekend, whatever it was. A lot of people saw uh, Elon Starlink satellites that he launched, but people kind of debunked that from being the UFO because they said the Starlink travels in a straight line. I guess Elon Musk shot off like 50 satellites that follow one another and people were seeing them all over the place, but whatever took a picture of is not in a straight line. No, not at all. It is, it's crazy how people noticed that it was perfect. Like, the shape yeah. of it was perfect. And it does look perfect. It's, it's bizarre. weird, man. It's weird. It's awesome. Sorry to cut you off. I didn't mean to. No, you're good. You're good. But the story that I'm going to bring to you guys, if any of you are fans of Coast to Coast AM, which Art Bell is the OG of Paranormal Radio. Straight up is- legend. He is on the Mount Rushmore of Paranormal. Shout out to George Norrie and those guys, too, doing an excellent job. Anyway, back in 1997, he got a call from this man named Mel Waters about a hole that he found on his property. Right? Okay. Doesn't sound all that interesting. Well, it takes place in Washington, and the Pacific Northwest is kind of weird anyway. Definitely. Bigfoots and all kinds of crazy shit. Anyway, he's relaying this story about this hole in his property, which he bought in 1993. He said for years, locals had called this the devil's hole. And he's like, all right, that's weird. So he started to notice shit. There were a few residents around the Mantash Ridge area that would dump garbage into this hole. The hole's nine feet in diameter, 
And it looks like there has been like a brick kind of hearth built around it that lowered into the ground 15 feet and then it gave way into earthen walls. Everyone would dump their garbage in this hole. Everything from old refrigerators to TVs to carcasses, all kinds of shit dumped in here. He began to notice that the hole wasn't filling up. So other things started to stand out to him, right? Lack of animal life around the hole. Nothing would nothing would go near it. There were piles of bones, but nothing live. Like his dog wouldn't go near it. There weren't birds flying over it. That's nothing weird. near it. I'm sorry, I just get stuck on the image of people chucking refrigerators down a fucking hole. Oh, you think about it around here, people dump dump their shit all over the place. Like if you drive any back roads, you see yeah, you'll see a car in a creek <laughs> yeah, or an old truck or something, you know. Here's a quote from Mel. He just talks about how the, this hole just devours everything you put into it. He said, well, so we've been here several years and we take all of our trash and rubbish there. Anything we have to get rid of, we just take it there and throw it in the hole. Everyone's been throwing their stuff in there. People from around throw stuff in the hole all the time. I mean, it's just been going on for a long time. So I got to thinking one day, why isn't this hole filling up? It must be an awfully deep hole. So what does he do? He's like, I'm going to do some experiments on this hole. Perfect. Yeah, makes sense. So in the summer of 1996, his first experiment uh, would to try to f- find out how deep the hole is. So he was an avid fisherman and had a whole bunch of high-test fishing line that he had on site. So he decided to rig together some line with the weight and see how deep the hole went he had a triangular one pound standard lead fishing weight tied to a spool of fishing line and lowered it into the hole it never reached the bottom jesus so he began to attach spool after spool to one another and continue lowering it into the pit he even took a roll of lifesaver candies tied it to the end to see if there was water at the bottom, but the candy would always come back dry. Eventually, determining the depth of his devil's hole became an obsession. He spent hours and hours and hours spooling out 18 reels of 5,000-foot, 20-pound test line to still come up empty-handed. 18 reels of 5,000-foot test line. That would make the hole over 80,000 feet deep. Wow. Right? That's crazy. Weird. People were doing the geography of the area compared to how hot the hole should be, if the test line would be able to withstand temperatures that deep. And they said the geographical location, it's it's possible that he didn't the hole doesn't go through any like molten magma or anything. Could be solid rock walls. But they're trying to say that it would be so hot, the temperature would be in excess of 1,300 degrees Fahrenheit, so it would easily melt the line. But on the flip side of that, people are thinking that this could possibly be a portal, as you were talking about in your last episode, or that the hole doesn't adhere to physics and um, the laws of our geography, so to speak. Like it's its own its own thing altogether. <laughs> Wow. He started to notice other weird shit as well. 
he noticed that when he would yell into the hole, there would be no echo. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. He noted that um, his dog would dig their paws into the dirt to keep him to keep him from dragging them close to the hole. They didn't want any fucking thing to do with this hole. Um, he quotes, well, I mean, the normal thing to do is kind of yell into it and see uh, if I had an echo. But I've never heard an echo come out of that thing. It's one of the first things I noticed about it. As usual, I brought dogs with me. They wouldn't go any, anywhere near the damn thing. And they went back to the Suburban and just hung around there. If I try to bring them there on a leash, they just dig their feet in. They do not want to go near it. So if that wasn't creepy enough, there was a man in the area that claimed, get this, about to get real fucking weird, Kyle. He had tossed his dead dog into the hole. Okay. The hole came back alive, or the dog came back alive. What the fuck? Straight pet cemetery shit, right? That, uh, that's so weird. It's so, like, it's weird. That's weird in itself. Like, I don't even know how to begin to explain that. But the and fact that you, you yell into it, and it just absorbs all the noise. It doesn't doesn't make any noise. What I wish he would have done is instead of putting a weight at the end of that 80,000 feet of fishing line, if he would have took like a flashlight and, t- and tied it to the end and just oh, yeah. lowered it down to yeah, see, if it, see. see if eventually it would just consume the light. <laughs> so crazy. So water statement on the dead dog theory. One guy claims he threw his departed canine down the hole. The guy that did it swears the dog actually came back to him. He was a hunter, and he was out here hunting, and he saw the same dog, had the same collar, the same little metal thing on his collar there. He said it was the same dog, and he said he knew he had thrown the dead dog down the hole. Okay, hold on. Before you go any farther, I have a question that just entered my head. If you're this guy, and you really did this, and it really fucking happened, and you threw a dead dog into this hole and out came the live version of it why would you not go who just died we need to chuck somebody down this fucking hole oh dude he's got you he's got you i'm not even there yet awesome awesome so the the whole pet cemetery dog yeah got underwater skin so much that he made instructions incorporated into his will that his remains be disposed of into the pit following his death. Awesome. When he dies, he wants to be thrown into the hole. So he's still alive, I guess. If he existed. Okay. Get to that later. Touche. So so in uh, 1997, he sent a fax to Art Bell on Coast to Coast and Art obviously became interested in the never-ending hole, so he decided to invite him on on air. So he got on there, told this whole weird tale of all the weird paranormal phenomenon going on in the hole. Within months of appearing on the show, Waters and the Devil's Hole, which would soon be redubbed as Mel's Hole by Bell's huge fan base, would gain obvious notoriety. After that, he claimed he was a bunch of odd events started to happen. First strange occurrence happened while Waters was on his own property en route to the hole. Waters planned to consider continue his research when he was stopped by a pair of men identifying themselves, of course, as 
government agents, quote unquote. Weird. These agents, one in plain clothes, two in military uh, fatigues, informed him that there had been a plane crash nearby and that the area had been cordoned off. The plainclothes officer, officer further stated that no one but military personnel would be allowed in the restricted area. Waters then noticed the men wearing yellow, noticed men wearing yellow hazmat suits milling around behind the trio that were blocking his path. Waters, angered at being denied access to his own property, demanded that they let him pass. And that's when these so-called agents got down to brass tacks. According to Waters, the agents proceeded to inform him that he, if he did not follow their instructions, he would be falsely accused and arrested for concealing a meth lab on his land. Awesome. Presumably, yeah. And he just assumed that said meth lab would probably be manufactured if necessary to prove his guilt. I would assume so. Of course, military officers in the area deny any allegations. So clearly it's starting to get kind of kind of freaking weird, right? Now he's got government Especially, officials there. Yeah, it's almost like he fucked himself by going on Art Bell. Yeah. He got so popular that the government was like, well, wait a minute. Wait just one fucking minute here. You and got even this go, crazy asshole. Old dad's going to take a look. Time to seal it up. Yep. And... It drew so much attention that an army officer in the area of the Yakima Training Center dismissed the entire incident to a newspaper in 1997. Uh, the man's name's Ken Cooper. What I understand is the Ellisburg guy said he had some property on the Man Manistash Ridge. He was going up there to visit it, and he was stopped by some soldiers. The army's not hiding an aviation incident, nor an 80,000-foot deep pit. We're just training, just like we always do. That sounds kind of leery we're yeah. just training um some real, some real black op shit going on anyway regardless of whoever was right waters claimed that the following following this threat agents made an even stranger and more lucrative offer they said if he would agree to lease this land to the government, he would be given a hefty monthly monthly stipend of $250,000 to live off of. There was one catch. He had to leave the country immediately. What? Yeah. So they're like, we'll buy this. You let us come on this property and we'll give you $250,000, but you can't be in the United States anymore. Hush Dude. money is what it's saying to me. Yeah, absolutely. So Waters was going through some bad times anyway. His marriage was failing, had all kinds of shit going on. So he decided to move to Australia. He loved wildlife, and he decided to start a wombat rescue operation. For the next two years, he continued to live in Australia, you know, just raking in the government cash, just chilling with some wombats. But he became homesick. So December of 2000, he boarded a plane against specific orders from the unknown representatives of the United States government, returned to the States. Shit still gets worse. Off, his leasing fees immediately cut off when he got back to the States. So it's almost like they've been watching him. Oh, yeah, of course. The entire time. Secondly, he was on a bus from Olympia, Washington, right after his plane touched down. Waters testified that he witnessed a dispute between a fellow passenger and police officers. The officers removed Waters from the bus under the pretense that he had to sign a police statement confirming what he'd seen. 
that would be the last thing he remembered for two weeks. He swears that the next thing he could recall was stumbling around San Francisco no less than 12 days after he was removed from the bus. He didn't have any idea how he got there, what happened to him. He knew that he had been physically beaten because he hurt all over, and he had his rear molars extracted during the time he was blacked out. Oh, awesome. Somebody cut his teeth out. That fucking sucks. Yeah. To continue to add gasoline to the conspiracy fire, Waters also claimed that he had IV tracks on his arm. So, like, they'd held him somewhere, like, almost doing experiments on him or some shit. That's fucking weird. Yeah. So this this makes him wonder if those police officers were even police officers, if they were government officials or whatever it was. So now his life's totally fucking crazy. Soon found out that not only had his his stipends been suspended, the $250,000 a month, but all of his assets had been frozen. And his Australian rescue facility had been completely dismantled within this this 12-day period or whatever. So he called his nephew, who gave him some money, and he decided to go back to Manistash Ridge, back to the hole. On his way back to his property, Walter or Waters was served with legal documents by what he referred to as men in black types, who indicated that the ownership of the land was in question due to modifications that had been made to the property, and the government would officially be in begin taking control of the land. One of Waters' neighbors got a hold of him days later and told him that he'd seen numerous large black bands outside of Mel's house during his absence, and the dark-clad men had been ransacking the place. Waters felt sure these were also shady black ops agents. And continuing down this road of just things getting going from bad to worse, he was officially presented with divorce papers, and diagnosed with esophageal cancer immediately afterwards. Oh, that fucking sucks. Dude can't catch a break. No. But, I mean, you you wonder, like, they were already doing work in his mouth and shit, now he comes down with, like, esophagus cancer? Coincidence, huh? Yeah. So, with Mel, with all this terrible shit happening, he called Art Bell again in 2000, talked about his misadventures, he told of another tale uh, to uh, all of Art Bell's listeners about neighbors talking about huge Stonehenge-like monoliths that were once said to be around the hole that have since fallen in and dilapidated. It makes you wonder if these monoliths were places of worship or if they were akin to the portals that we were talking about. Yeah, because, I mean, when I... Michigan... When I think of monoliths, like... Hollow cult. Summer is here. So you know what that means. Paranormal investigations and cryptid hunts abound. But before you do that, you're going to need some good clothing. So we're excited to announce another month partnering with Tecovis. I feel like at this point, it's it's mandatory to have amazing clothes while you're out cryptid chasing or ghost hunting. Because with Tacovas, every boot you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. And nothing says like you're there for business, like walking in in a pair of snakeskin boots. And with it being summer, like Steve said, they also have some sweet 
short sleeve moisture wickening pearl snaps that are definitely going to put you on the next level. And if you need to carry some stuff, like all your, your ghost hunting gear, you can use their ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags that are always going to get you where you need to be. And to keep cool, they also have men's and women's straw hats. So you're definitely going to want to check them out. That's perfect for keeping the sun off your head and getting getting sunburn up there. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tacova stores, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop all the latest styles. I personally am waiting for the cryptid lineup where I can get me a pair of like Loveland Frogman skin boots, maybe some Loch Ness oh, Monster. Oh, yeah. Imagine that Loch Ness boot. Smooth. Smooth. But until then, you can visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. And don't go gently, y'all. Especially in that context, like you would think these things would ha- like house some type of power almost. So it makes me wonder if, say, being that the government was involved, the government didn't take the monoliths. Could be. Because like Maybe. in the portal episode, you have the Stonehenge underneath Lake Michigan that's supposed to be a portal than themselves. Right. Well, now you have Stone, you Stonehenge itself, which is supposedly a portal. True. And True. then this set of stones goes missing it makes me wonder if the government didn't come in take them in an attempt to try to recreate their own somewhere else one that they could use themselves and keep it off the books could be or even possibly taking the monoliths could somehow negate the power from the original hole right Maybe shut it down yeah that makes sense too <laughs> so after all that took place Mel decides to do a bunch of research on mystery holes around his area. And he finds another mystery hole in Nevada this time, as opposed to Washington. This one's on public land. It was similar in size and reputation to the Devil's Hole, which he had for a brief period owned. Waters decided to go check out the one in Nevada and continued his research into these anomalous openings. Um, Waters was able to make friends with the local Basque people in the area, and they took him to the sacred hole, which he described as being about nine foot in diameter. Diameter, But unlike the Devil's Hole, this round aperture had a solid metallic collar sticking out of the ground around the lip of the gap. This notch collar was evidently man-made, or at least intelligently designed, and rose about two feet above the pit. Waters quotes, in my estimation, it could possibly be a locking collar, like something could be lowered onto it and it locked in place. It almost further pushes this as an actual portal. Sound like the way he describes the metal collar on the outside makes you think of a portal. Right. Some people wonder if it could be a doorway to another dimension. Could it be a doorway to hell, as you talked about in the, in the last portal episode? Um, is it somewhere where a UFO can land and recharge its batteries? You know, it's oh, just yeah. a solid metal collar around this hole uh waters did disclose however that when he dropped his toolbox onto the collar the impact did not make any sound seems comparable to the lack of echoes heard at the original devil's hole which is weird right absolutely walters also claims that the area around the collar is warm year-round and keeps nearby tents toasty even in the winter 
He also confirmed that the metal from which the collar is constructed descends into the interior of the pit for as far as the eye can see. Um, the location of the second devil's hole is said to be under the supervision of the Federal Bureau of Land Management and was, according to Waters, utilized by both Native Americans and members of the Basque community for grazing sheep. Waters later told Art Bell during one of his five on-air interviews that the Basque claimed that the hole had been there since their community had been founded in, 18, in the early 1800s. Walters got with the curious Basque people to help him continue his experiments regarding the nature of these holes, and they obliged. Some of the tests yield results that were merely unusual, while one of them ended up being an event nothing short of absolutely terrifying. First experiments consisted of lowering a bucket of store-bought ice approximately 1,500 feet down the hole. With a test bucket remaining topside as kind of a, a like a core sample, like a variable. When the okay, team raised right, the bucket, right. when the team raised the bucket, they noticed that it had not melted. But what caught their attention was that the ice was now warm to the touch and almost felt like silica gel. Even more bizarrely, it became excessively flammable. That's fucking, that's, how, it's like it changed, uh, like the chemistry of it changed. Yeah. Yeah. No one could explain the chemical change in the ice. Uh, one of the men brought the ice home, filled his wood stove with it. He claimed that the burning ice burned for three months. It seems to have a strange knack for sucking out all the moisture in the air around it. So By the weird. end of the winter, the wood stove that had the ice gel mixture had inexplicably plummeted through the floor of the man's shack, sinking five feet into the ground. Soon after, the entire hut was said to have dissolved into a fine sawdust. What? Yeah, right? It's so funny. What, just turn into, like, ultra termites or something? I don't know. And just turn it to dust? What the fuck? <laughs> According to Waters, um, of course, unidentified researchers quickly descended upon the dissolved shack and attempted to raise the sunken wood stove. The men employed heavy change in construction equipment, but were unsuccessful until they filled the crevice above the stove with water. So they couldn't even lift the stove with construction equipment. Waters and other eyewitnesses claim that upon contact with the water, the chains fused to the wood stove and the team was able to lift it from its tomb. The stove was swiftly secured to a large truck and then taken away to, of course, an undisclosed location. Oh, that's so weird, man. So weird. Because, like, why would the chains fuse to the stove by adding water? Why the fuck would ice burn for three months? I don't know. Like, it's like <laughs> this whole giant chemical compound mashup when you just start shoving shit down there. It's so you know? fucking bizarre. That's I'm so getting all weird. my information from uh, mysteriousuniverse.org. They did a big deep dive into it. So if you guys want to go check it out. Be sure to go check Search of Mel's Hole on there. And they've got pictures and all kinds of shit. But as we continue down Mel's Hole, his second hole, because apparently Mel's full of holes. He's great at finding them. Yeah. Okay. Outside of the burning ice, he decided to keep experimenting. I would probably oh. call it called it quits there, but whatever. So this one is a little... Um, edgy i guess you'd say because it's kind of fucking animal cruelty 
Waters and his uh, boss cohorts then decided that a live subject was necessary for the next test. So they grabbed a sheep from a nearby flock and dragged it toward the hole. Waters claimed that the sheep became agitated when it approached the hole, much like the reactions of his dogs from the first hole. The petrified animal had become stunned and shoved into a crate in order to be in order to subdue it. The man then began to lower the crate, and the poor creature awoke as it began its descent. Waters confirmed that the beast began thrashing violently in its crate, making sounds that can only be compared to shrieks of terror. The crate was lowered to a depth of 1,500 feet, at which point silence overtook the sheep. That was when the, rim of the, met- the metallic rim of the hole suddenly began to vibrate. Waters, startled by this development, backed away from the pit and allowed the unfortunate sheep to linger in the complete darkness of the crevice for no less than 30 minutes before they worked up the courage to pull the crate back to the surface. It should come as no surprise that the animal was found dead. Uh, Probably from just sheer horror alone. But they cut the creature open for an impromptu autopsy. The men found the sheep looked like it had been cooked from the inside out. Um, If that wasn't bad enough, Waters discovered a gelatinous tumor-like glob where the sheep's internal organs should have been. They removed the tumor, and that's when things start to get really strange. Some of the Basque men noticed that the tumor seemed to be moving on its own accord, as if something were pushing from the inside out. Waters decided that the tumor needed to be cut open, and one of his fellow Basque members indeed did cut the tumor open. What they found was a creature that Waters described as being a fetal seal connected to the tumor inside of the sheep by an umbilical cord. Waters went on to claim that the strange tumor seal had human-like eyes, which looked onto the experimenters. This unclassified creature from the abyss uh, looked at each other, or looked at its experimenters in silence for the better part of two hours before the sheep-born abomination apparently nodded at its would-be captors and dove back into the hole. Other accounts said that it scared water so much that he threw it in the hole, but we don't know. Either it jumped into a, the hole or it threw it. I was going to say, if it jumped in the hole, then it, it definitely knew what the hole was and kind of where it came from. Yeah, and they're like, man, these like, are just... Like, the more this this portion of the story plays out, Totally sounds like a portal to hell. Or something. Or like uh, it's fucked up, dude. <laughs> so needless to say, Waters and his group were scared, at least. So they wrapped up the sheep, they wrapped up the tumor sack, and they chucked all that shit right back into the hole. Hell with it. We even makes mess with makes sense. Makes sense. But instead of being like instead of feeling like this tumor seal was malevolent he almost felt like it had compassion for him and the people around him because they said they looked at each other for almost two hours that's just looking back and forth it is weird he believed that his experience with the entity resulted in get this the total remission of his esophageal cancer after he saw the tumor seal his cancer went away what the fuck? It's like, it's like every step of his story just becomes more and more crazy. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know what to think right now. 
Waters further asserted that the seal-like entity would visit the Bosque shepherds regularly, who made camp near the hole and was even able to communicate with the humans via a portable radio device. Sadly, efforts to record the creature's voice resulted only in a series of unintelligible static-like sounds. So anytime you try to get any evidence, old Mel's always got like, oh, well, there's He's got this that excuse. and there's this. Yeah. Locals began to notice new species of brightly plumaged birds that were f- flying around and making homes near this new hole. Whereas the other one didn't have any any uh, animal interaction, this one right. almost seemed to be creating its own. They said there was at least six specimens of bright red, blue-beaked birds, which the locals called sunbirds, have been seen or- orbiting the pit since the sheep experiment. Almost like the sheep experiment opened the door. Right, like it kicked something off. Like it was an animal sacrifice, is what they're saying. They threw the live sheep in the hole. Now you've opened up something. Um, They said the animal sacrifice could have unintentionally opened a rift through which fauna of another dimension could have possibly entered our own. Uh, Where does he go into this? He publicly stated that he believed that the birds came from deep within the hole, and he claims locals have already concocted a myth wherein that these birds somehow are responsible for the sheep's death, as well as the tumor that created or produced the seal creature. Waters, being more scientifically inclined, attempted to actually shoot one of the birds so he could dissect it. But he did manage to shoot a bird, but apparently they're bulletproof. Oh, well. Yeah. He shot the bird twice, or shot two separate birds, or shot this bird twice, I'm not sure. The bird just righted itself and continued to fly on its merry way. Waters later found his two crumpled bullets below where the bird had been flying. This led him to believe that the birds were bulletproof. What does that remind you of? Skinwalker Ranch. Ding, which they also think could be a portal. The bulletproof wolf from Skinwalker Ranch. Yep. This is the first thing I thought of. Waters also told Art Bell that his Nevada hole occasionally emits what he likes to describe as a black beam, which shoots into the heavens in short bursts. Waters states, this is a contradiction, but a black beam of light comes from the hole. It lasts a very short time, but it just goes directly up into the sky. It's like if you had a flashlight and it was capable of throwing up solid black. Um, Let me see here. What else does he talk about? Then they go into waters being just as mysterious as the hole itself. Because they can't find the first devil's hole now. Some say the government filled the hole when they were finished using it with whatever arcane purposes they have. Others suggest that a shed light structure has been built over top of the site to hide it from from prying eyes. There's also some who feel like aliens protect the space around the hole with a sort of cloaking device. Uh, other people say that the thing never existed at all and that Waters just made the whole thing up. Skeptics counter by saying that satellite photos have been altered. Oh, believers in the existence of Devil's Hole have produced satellite images from Google Earth, which indicate that the area where the nine-foot pit should be is now covered up with white blocks, basically. Like, the Google Earth is just... Like, that section of the satellite photo is gone. 
That definitely raises suspicions. Yeah. Skeptic counters, skeptics counter by saying the satellite photos have been altered to protect the military's training facility. They also add that there's no official, official records of a man by the name of Mel Waters ever living, voting, owning property, or dying in the region, in the Man- Manistash region. It doesn't fact, really they, say much to me, though. In fact, they can't find <coughs> anything, hardly any evidence, that a man named Mel Waters ever existed in the first place. Huh. <laughs> okay, so for me, like those two statements right there mean dick to me. And I say that because let's say that you're male and you have this crazy outlandish story. And say you're say you're coherent enough. You're not crazy. This is real. And you message Art Bell because like you said, he's like the pinnacle of paranormal. And you want to talk to him about it and maybe get some help or something like that. But at the same time, you're, you're a smart guy and you're like, well, wait a minute. Like, this is public. Like, if I give my real name, people are going to know who the fuck I am. That's what okay? I thought. Too. But if you took it on a, on a different note, let's say this guy didn't see that. Maybe he didn't see it. Maybe he used his real name. The government found out. And when he broke his little accord by coming back, maybe one day the government's like, you know what? We're tired of fucking with you, buddy. It's time for you to disappear. And they just wiped Mel Waters off the face of the planet. Could be. The government totally has the ability to do. So, the thing is, is that old Mel isn't the only one that claims to have come along to his first devil's hole. Okay. So this leads credence to the fact that there are these holes. That it's real. In September of 2008, an intertribal medicine man by the moniker of Red Elk, whose legal name is Gerald Osborne, appeared on a radio show and claimed to have visited the enigmatic first hole with his father as a young boy in 1961. According to Red Elk, the hole is well known to indigenous peoples as well as local and federal authorities and is believed to be 24 to 28 miles deep. The medicine man also speculated that the pit served as a tunnel which connected Mount Rainier, which is known to be riddled with UFOs and UFO sightings, also to reptilians that live deep within the earth, Washington native by the name of Jay Nickel also claimed to have stumbled across the Devil's Hole while exploring the region as a teen. Other people have stumbled across the site, noticed that a weird feeling would wash over them when they get there, like they just feel like it was evil. So other people have claimed to have come across the site, right? So it's not just Mel talking out his ass, per se. Right. As I spoke earlier, they talk about how much the temperature would vary within the hole, the first hole to drop that fishing line down. Red Elk would also publicly state that he once seen a very large spaceship hovering over the Washington hole, which is the first hole, which he insists is nowadays covered by a nondescript shack-like structure, which conceals the orifice. Unlike most believers, however, Red Elk asserts that it's not the U.S. government in control of the site, but the reptilian humanoids who utilize the hollow 
hull to transport cargo, which well, sometimes yes. consists, which sometimes consists of human remains to their underground bases throughout the region. Awesome. Fucking love it. <laughs> so Waters have been off the grid for quite a few years after his last post in 2000, but on June 28, 2011, a letter from someone claiming to be Mel was posted online by the Whales in Space website. And this is it. People don't know if it is for Mel or if it's not, but I'm going to read it anyway. Hello to all you. This is Mel. I'm sorry I've been inconspicuous for so long, but you see, I had to put my life back together after my experiences with the hole. I returned to Australia to renew my efforts with my Wombat Refuge after finally receiving a large settlement from the BLM, Bureau of Land Management. I've not spoken of the whole or its property since my last conversation with Art on Coast to Coast as part of my agreement with the U.S. government. I can, however, discuss generally the second hole that I discovered in Nevada while among the Bosque people there. I can assure you that everything I told Art and his listeners regarding that hole was true. And he capitalized that hole. Out of respect for the local culture, though, I cannot reveal its location without their consent, and they do not wish it to be so. The elders there see the hole as a sacred place and would not want it compromised by outsiders of the media. I can say that my experiences there changed my life, and I don't regret it in any way that will allow the public to know the truth, but I am not in a position to do that at present. At present. I will say that I believe the truth will be known one day, but I cannot say how. I could prove my story, but the risk to myself is far too great, and I've learned from my experiences that when I get an offer, it's best to just take the money and run. I hope you all understand. Maybe you'll hear from me again sooner or later. So that's basically the last correspondence from Old Mel. Takes his money and runs. Runs. <laughs> runs. I don't, I don't really blame him. Hell no. Especially after all the shit he went through with the cancer and all that. Yeah. Which could possibly have been from the government. Oh, wow. I mean, that's a lot to digest. I know. It's like, it's like every weird aspect of a portal he has thrown out there. And some that you would never think of, like like the mutating sheep and all that shit. It's fucking I don't know. For me, it's like one of them stories. Like, you gotta have a pretty fucking good imagination to come up with. Just keep piling it on. Yeah, like, and it's all random. Like, it's just these random things that, like, the water to a uh, fuck it, or the ice to the dam, gelatinous, inferno liquid shit. And then it burnt for three <clears> months, and then yeah. the wood stove melted into the ground, and I don't yeah. know, it's just fucking crazy, man. Isn't it? It's wild. Because I say, like, Art Bell's been hoaxed before. They had a guy call in about this whole big government conspiracy shit going on in this bunker. And it was a dude just relaying the exact layout of the game Half-Life. Oh, no shit. And there was another one on there, this guy recanting all these dreams of this apocalyptic future and all this shit. And it was, he was just stating um, the entire game of Fallout 3. Listeners (laughs) picked up on. And you can't really blame Art Bell or George Nori for not picking up on that at the time that they're interviewing these people. But as listeners kind of hear it, 
and dissect it, they realize that people are pulling their chain. Well, I mean... In... But this shit doesn't really sound like anything you've ever heard before. No, but on, on top of that, like, in R. Bell's defense, like, he's so immersed in this world. Like, he doesn't... I, I mean, I would assume he doesn't have time to be playing Half-Life or Fallout 3. Yeah. Or, you know, being able to take in every avenue of everything. So... You know, and you, you got to give him a little bit of credit for that. And not to mention, some people are really good actors. But, I don't know. I mean, there's, for me, possibilities are endless. I mean, who's to say that Half-Life Bunker wasn't actually based off something that somebody oh, yeah. else heard? You know what I'm saying? Like Completely flipped around. Yeah, it's fucking, it could totally be the truth. And in, in this niche of parascience or whatever you want to say like us being into the unexplained the paranormal you have to be an open-minded skeptic yeah almost you know you can lean one way or the other to a certain degree but you can't go into this stuff just assuming that everything is not true everything is false Right. And on the flip side of that coin, you can't go into it assuming everything is true. Right. So I, I don't. Mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, like, if the facts are there, the facts are there. You can't. You can't change yeah. that. You know. The things that the things that red flag me is that anytime there was any uh, evidence, he always had an excuse as to why there wasn't. Yeah, that 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 is alarming. I will agree with that. And it's almost like stated on the mysterious universe. It's almost like. Like, he started this tale, like, he did find a pit on his property that they dumped trash into and that he couldn't find. Maybe he maybe he threw 500 yards of fishing line down there and never hit the bottom. Right. Well, it's almost like this tale just started spinning itself out of control and out of control and out of control. And he's just trying to add layers to the cake, especially once Art Bell decided to put it on air. Right. He's like, there, there could be... So I don't know. I mean, is it is it some dude that had a trash pit on his land and decided to go ham on it and run a just make up a bunch of shit? Or is it some dude who lucked into finding two fucking mini black holes in his lifetime on the planet or some shit? I don't fucking know. It, it's one of them things that we'll we'll never find out. If any, yeah, I have no idea. Unless I, I just thought I'd share this story. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> claiming to have known the answer, or even to come close. I just thought I'd share it with everybody. It was Hope cool I did story. it some justice. Uh, shout out cool to story. Mysterious Universe for gathering up all this information that I shared. It's definitely go and check it out. They go in depth further than I did. I just picked out some of the some of the little tidbits I thought was dope and put them together. It was a good episode. It was very very entertaining. So I don't know if anybody lives out in Washington or in Nevada and have come across the two one of the two holes or scratch that if you've come across something that you think is a bottomless pit anywhere please let us know especially if there's beings of a different dimension crawling out of it yeah <laughs> i know there's one there's one hole in a waterfall let me google it real quick that people have been throwing I think it's the Devil's Tea Kettle. The Devil's Kettle. 
which brings us back full circle to what you said before. Don't go to places with shitty fucking names. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why do all these have devils in them? Because they're trying to keep you the fuck out of there. Well, it works, because I ain't trying to go. The devil's kettle, a giant pothole, basically at the bottom of this waterfall, and people keep dumping shit down on it, dump, dumping shit down it. It's in uh, Minnesota at Judge C.R. Magny State Park. Drops 800 feet in an eight-mile span, creating several waterfalls, yada, yada, yada. People keep dumping shit into this water. They pour dyed, they pour ping pong balls, even logs into the kettle to see where the water comes back out. Nothing's ever been found. Huh. The only answer that they can come up with is that it's being beat to a pulp, absolutely pulverized to where there's nothing left at the bottom of this waterfall. Which doesn't make any sense to me. No. I was thinking more like maybe it just runs into a bunch of underground caverns or something for miles and miles. And well, like with them dumping dye and shit, they've, they've actually set people up four miles and miles down the waterway to see if they ever, it ever came out. Even at the mouth of where this water exits to, they still yeah. haven't found any of it, anything of it. That's weird. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. Which makes you wonder. It does make you wonder. Crazy shit's out there. I'm surprised nobody's tried going down in that. Fuck that. You know somebody's stupid enough to try it. Yeah, I don't know. Like the this uh, article I just pulled up was from 2016, so I don't know if they found it. If they've ever found where it comes from. I don't fucking know. They were supposed to do a big theory in 2017 where they put like a vegetable based dye into the pothole to see where the fuck it comes out i don't know if that ever panned out or what the deal is it just reminded me of it as we were sitting here shooting the shit it's weird man that's what we're into bunch of weird shit it's kind of our thing a little bit just a little so bit. yeah if anybody has any mysterious bottomless pits you want to talk about or if you've heard any heard any stories came across any stories that are similar to this or even portals for that matter hit us up share it on the facebook page send us some emails if you have an animal that came back to life pet cemetery you threw style, down yeah let us know that'd be dope it's weird <laughs> It just, like, sucks that you don't even know if Mel's real or not. I feel like he's real. I do, too. Like, I feel like he doesn't have a whole lot to gain. No. From all this. You know what I mean? No. And his story, as famous as it was for being on our bill, it wasn't that famous of a story. No. Because if you didn't listen to Art Bell, you probably would have never came across it. Exactly. He's definitely not going to get famous, except if the government offers him $250,000 a month to not live in the United States. Right, yeah. If I found a bottomless pit, I would let them pay me $250,000 a month, and I would move. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't really argue that. It'd be dope. It would be dope. I just wouldn't want to move out of the country. 
Yeah, that was weird. They made him actually move out of the country. Like, that seems a little extreme to me. Yeah, probably so he couldn't tell nobody. Yeah. Moved him to Australia. Said, go live with the kangaroos. They probably hoped something in Australia was going to kill him. Uh, I mean. Because everything in Australia wants to kill you. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, yeah. If any of our Australian listeners know about the Wombat Rescue Center, I know we've got some people to listen down, down under. If you know of an old Mel Waters Wombat Rescue, let us know if it exists or not. Hell, yeah. Because what are you saying that it got destroyed or something like that? Dismantled, they said. Dismantled. So I don't know if they meant physically, if they meant financially. Yeah. How it went. But if it's if it's that cryptic of a story, maybe maybe it was a kangaroo rescue instead of a wombat rescue. Just switching it up a little bit. Yeah. It's a possibility. Yeah. Who knows? There might not be a rescue at all. No. Australia might not even exist. Look up that theory. It's probably out there. It is. We should do a show on it, but then our Australia listeners would be like, you guys are too far off. <laughs> lost you. We've absolutely lost you. We're giving up hope. Anywho, that smells whole. Thought you guys would like it. It was just yeah, a fun cool. little, fun little weird story that I'd come across ever since I, I used to stay up late and listen to Art Bell when I was younger. My dad was a was an over the road trucker, and whenever I'd go on roads runs with him, we'd listen to it late at night. He was Art's the OG man. Hell yeah. Paranormal King. He ain't lying there. Rest in power, Art Bell. Hell yeah. So, hope everybody has a good time, good day, enjoy this episode. Uh, Check us out at all our socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Bear with us while we're doing the Skype thing. Hopefully it won't last very long. And if you've got a story you want to share with us, we will come back to the Skype thing and we can do an interview. It'd be cool. Hell yeah. Till then, stay healthy, stay safe, and um, you got a bottomless pit, don't throw animals in it.